What's good, Internet? We're back. Another episode of Nothing But Netflix on the Underdog Podcast Network. I'm here with my boy, Kenny Cavs, today. You may, rec- you may recognize him from his work, um, slapping the bass with this good robot, or just as uh, your resident um, classic New York sports fan. Yeah. Um, WFAN, here we go. <laughs> first time, long time. Uh, today, we are doing a very important basketball film. I think one of the all-time greats, Above the Rim, uh, fe- featuring the GOAT, Tupac Shakur. You know it. Marlon Wayans. Um, and I just... Leon himself. Leon himself. Uh, I'm going to read a synopsis of the film to start out. Uh, this is the IMDb synopsis. Okay. Story of a promising high school basketball star and his relationships with two brothers, one a drug dealer... And the other, a former basketball star, fallen on hard times, and now employed as a security guard. That's the yes. whole synopsis. I feel <laughs> like I feel like they're missing a big chunk. Maybe like uh, that culminates on a uh, with a basketball tournament at the end. I don't know. They uh, maybe like mention anything. Something. <laughs> but that's so much more. But all right, that's our IMDb synopsis. Um, our Rotten Tomato score. We got a fifty three percent. Uh, tomato meter at 83% audience score. Okay, there we go. Yeah, so this movie's for the people. I was going to say, because it's one of, <laughs> one of the great basketball movies, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, I just, it's always, always been a, a, I've always been a real big fan of this film. Um, Tupac, obviously, legendary. The, uh, really shows his acting prowess. He was always, always a really good actor. Um, but, you know, this one, big fan of his role in this. Yeah, I, let's let's just talk about it before we get to uh, the opening scene. Sure. <laughs> we hit <laughs> so much to unpack right there, right out of the gate. Yeah, because I mean, the opening we'll hit the opening scene and then we'll get into Tupac because it kind of right. I can we're gonna transition smoothly there. So the opening scene, we see Tommy. He's playing uh, his friend, his best friend, not so one on one, falls to his death. This yeah, really not so falls to his death. Yeah, there. not so falls to his death because they're playing on a roof. Um, the whole setup on like where the hoop is in relation to everything else, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. No, but when ball is life, ball is life. You hoop anywhere. You gotta find anywhere you can play. That's it. You know, uh, you're you're in the middle of New York City, so you figured there'd be more options. But you know, rooftop <laughs> works. They're playing at night. Look, this really damages Tommy, and we'll get into that. But uh, directly after this, right away, boom, Tupac, Pain, opening credits. And we get into just how fire the soundtrack is right away um, with Pain as a recurring song throughout the film. Comes up a few times, yeah. Uh, And we'll just talk about Tupac now. As soon as he steps on the screen, he commands all of your attention. Yeah. Uh, Arguably, like... Well, in my opinion, he's the best acting performer in this. Oh, um, like, easily. You know, he's he's just like you, everything about it. You just you just believe one because like kind of came from like he didn't really like he, he went to like an art high school and stuff. That's probably yeah. why he is such a good actor and stuff. Right. But like he know he knows the streets. He like he know this role wasn't a big jump for him. Um, no. But he was just incredible. Like you. For a guy that was crossing over from like music to movies, 
you know, there's so many guys you'll see him. You could see it in their eyes when they're, when they're acting and like he, he, with him, it's just unbridled confidence. Oh yeah. Like, that's it. You know, with him, I'm giving him the ball at the end of the game to, to hit the shot. You know, <laughs> yeah. That's not a reference to this movie at all. Cause he's right. not actually playing ball. Actually <laughs> coaches a little bit at the end for some reason, but um, you know, he like unfaltered at all. Like he's ready to go. He, you see it in his eyes throughout. He owns every scene. He just has a monster presence to him. And, you know, I was trying to think like what other musician could command a screen like him just in the history of music. And yeah, like, I don't well, know. Who, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're old school guys. Like there were guys like, you know, Frank Sinatra and those guys that like did the crossover thing all yeah. the time. But for like more modern, like obviously there's guys like Donald Glover, um, who's done both seamlessly. Yeah. Um, no, there's a handful of guys, but coming from like where he was like music wise, cause this came out 94, 94. Um, yeah. So like he's right in the, the middle of everything at that time, like musically. And then obviously with, with this performance, uh, I'd have to look to see which other movies he did came out before and which came out after this. Well, but. well he did juice before I believe. Okay, Ju- juice Ju- before I think this. juice was his first role, but mm. He owned Juice too. Yeah, he's unbelievable. He would have been the one of the biggest. He he arguably is was such an important figure historically between music, film, and then also what he was starting to do as far as like speaking out on politics, things like that. Yeah, if he if he was still alive, um, you know, which maybe he is, um, but if he was still alive, he would have been a superstar like at like the rock level. I, I tend to agree with you. Um, cause I was thinking, I think he's such a good actor that it's totally possible that eventually he would have done like the 50 cent transition where he just started making films, um, like as his priority, yeah. uh, kind of the same way the rock co- goes back to wrestling, but he's an actor first, yep. especially cause that's where the money was going. Mm-hmm. Could he have been like a Denzel level star? Because I kind of feel like he could have been. You know, Denzel level is is tough because Denzel was out at the same time putting out like, you know, being nominated for Academy Awards and stuff. Sure, sure. Um, but would he have got? I definitely think he would have gotten there as far as acting performances. You know, big nominations, things like that. There's like I really don't think you could have put a put a cap on on what he could have done like he he was he was all about everything he was good at everything he did yep um one of the all-time you know just we miss this guy in our in our lives creatively because yeah he's just just an unbelievable talent in like anything he put his mind to he just he tackled yeah so ahead of his time you can only imagine the impact he he could have if he was around for you know the times that we're we're going through right now and and yeah. how you know articulately he would be able to express especially as he matured um you know everything that i'm sure would be on his mind for situations like like we have going on today um, um definitely would have been a better presidential candidate than kanye is <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah that's a whole nother podcast <laughs> that's that is uh that's a whole nother podcast I guess I'm happy that Kanye is not going to come up in the uh, remaking of the film later on. 
<laughs> or I, who no, knows? He wasn't on my list. He's not from my list, yeah, as long as he's not on yours. So let's go to the first basketball scene that we get to in the high school gym. Great trash talk immediately. Just yeah. great. When I, when I come to your place, will you introduce me to your girl? Just right away. <laughs> we get, like, just... One, Trish, I feel like talking the the white dude that's going to North Carolina. Yeah, my, no, the, oh, the way, this first scene. Yeah, Montrose. Like so, this it opens up with that scene on the roof, and um, Shep, you know, waking up from a you know like a cold sweat. Yeah, you know, then it goes into into this high school basketball game with uh with Kyle, who's like the main character. You know, um, basically shout out shout out to his uh, Stefan Marbury middle part. Oh yeah, I, I was gonna say Stefan Marbury, LJ, Larry Johnson, like he had just that center line. You know, that's a that's a '90s look right there. But Big um, time. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, it goes into that, and like right away, they're they're just they're playing ball, setting picks, like getting right into the game right away. That's yeah. one of the things about this movie versus some of the other ones. Like a, a lot of the basketball, we'll talk about some of the other stuff later. But it's it's a lot of like real real basketball there. Yeah, there's the the basketball scenes are pretty good. I wanna yeah. I wanna call them great, but uh, Marlon Wayans dunk attempt, <laughs> the two handed dunk, the two handed dunk where it just you see him not even leave Pulled the ground up on the rim, and then it's a cut scene and he's he's dunking, so you don't even see him jump really. Not the best. Um, but what I like about the basketball scene is I feel like it's very '90s. Like the time, like oh yeah, like the way they dribble the ball, just the it, uh-huh. like fundamental stuff that you would learn at a basketball camp in the '90s. Um, but then you also get a little bit of that like precursor to the N1, where there's so much ridiculous like behind the back passes that you catch yourself to off the backboard passes for dunks, like yeah. Oh yeah, there's definitely there's the street ball element even in the high school game. Yeah. <laughs> You know, like you yeah. just just stand in front of the guys, crossing them over left and right, like a hundred times, <laughs> like a hundred times. Yeah, you could tell that like all of the players could actually hoop, but yeah. but some of the scenes they really they were like, why don't you take it to eleven? <laughs> <laughs> but still, way better than some of the other ones. But I also think that this movie, as far as the trash talk goes, is probably on the Mount Rushmore of basketball trash talk movies. Yeah, it's 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 really good. Because um, I'm thinking, like, White Man Can't Jump has to be on there. Yeah. On your, on your trash talk, Mount Rushmore. I'm going to throw a wild card out. Basketball. <laughs> okay. There's an, I, an entire oh, that, part. The, yeah, the, the trash talk in that. Because just like that, that's part of the game. It's the psycho. Right. <laughs> And then I don't. I honestly, I and not just because we did the episode last week. I honestly think Celtic Pride has some of the best trash talk in in any of the movies. I mean, Judd Apatow. Judd Apatow, Daniel Stern, Dan Aykroyd. I mean, you could just and then Damon Wayans as the main character. Yeah. All all just going back and forth. the one liner after one liner. There is a one liner, and I said this last episode, but it deserves to be mentioned again. Where uh, Daniel Stern to Damon Wayans' character uh, goes. Hey Scott, I hear Manute Bowl is banging your mom, <laughs> and that is up there for one of the best trash talking lines of all time in any movie. So I it, yeah. I feel like Celtic Pride has to be on the pyramid. But but this movie too, 
has to be on the Mount Rushmore. Um, if it's not, if you have a differing opinion to our listeners, just hit me up on Twitter and uh, tell me why you think another movie deserves to be there. But I feel like That's those are four, works. four pretty good ones. And Marlon Wayans, who this is uh, his second kind of iconic movie, basketball movie role, because he plays Kenny Tyler in The Sixth Man, where uh, his brother who's a, a really good player, going to go on probably to be an NBA star, like suddenly dies and um, comes back as a ghost to help Marlon Wayans win a, uh, I believe, NCAA championship. I'll, I'll revisit that more in depth when we do the episode. But uh, his character is, like, he's just so Marlon Wayans in the 90s. Yeah, he's he's basically <laughs> kept that for, like, all his roles. He, he like, <laughs> even for, even like when he was when he was on the Wayans Brothers, right? Like the scary movie franchise, like any movie play. He's he's kind of one of those guys. He's just going to be him. He's just going to be him. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, but he does a great job. Um, I do have a little like quarrel with kind of the ending scene that he's in, but I guess we'll touch on that a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> the like the ending ending scene. The ending ending, yeah, we'll yeah. Get, which we'll get we'll, to. We'll at get the to end. That. Um, but like quintessential. Marlon Wayans line when he's watching uh, Kyle take a piss in, in like the alleyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Damn B, I didn't know you were uncircumcised. <laughs> Dick looks like an anteater. <laughs> yeah. You got a big old dick. <laughs> and he also, his character also just came out of prison in, in this movie. Right. So he's uh, like, they start, he starts referencing that going around, but yeah, that's uh that's that's a classic all time. Yeah. We also get another late comedian in uh in Bernie Mac. Yeah, Bernie who Mac comes along shortly after when they go to the playground. He wants to play Kyle one on one. Um kind of embarrasses him. And at the Starts end of it shit. you know, at the end of it, Shep comes along and there's obvious history between Shep and Bernie Mac, and he kinda goes, you know, can erase what we were champions kind of giving you you know like kind of giving a glimpse that at one point he was something Mm. and you know one of the things with this movie is kyle is battling with he wants to get a a scholarship to georgetown and play college basketball and Mm. then he's also he's grown up in the streets of harlem with his friends and he's trying to keep it real yeah and i feel like bernie mac's character is really just there to kind of like give you what your two paths could be. You know, one way you could take basketball seriously and, you know, make enough money so your mom doesn't have to work anymore and can come to your games. And then the other path is you can not make the most out of yourself and you maybe could end up like, like, was it Flip? Flip? Flip. Home, homeless dude living next to the living next to the park, challenging kids. <laughs> you know, trying to trying to live out your um, you know, your past or relive your yeah. past. Um, and Kyle's attitude sucks, and it's it's the classic like storyline. I'm gonna be a star. I'm gonna be a star. I don't need anybody else. Like I'm the point guard. Just give me the rock. Get out of the way. And like even. Oh. Just in and, the- that even, and that happens in the in like what's it in that first game where he like tells the big to clear out like he wants it wants yeah. to play that iso ball you know just start tries over dribbles. to take it over dribbles gets the double team tries to 
shoot over the double team. Claiming he get got fouled, but if you watch it, neither of the guys actually jumped with him, and nobody touches him. <laughs> like it's like, all right, you didn't get fouled. You just missed the shot. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's it's a classic like basketball movie storyline. You know, even yep. that's the storyline for Celtic Pride. Um, it's the storyline in Eddie. So now three out of the four movies we've done so far on this podcast have had the storyline where like the star player just needs to learn how to pass the rock. <laughs> how, to, how to be a team player. How to be a team player. And like that, that's the secret to actually winning games. And I know that just thinking forward, like when we do uncle drew, that's like what that movie's about, <laughs> you know, like, so even in that movie came out it's a, a reoccurring theme in basketball films. <laughs> it's a reoccurring theme. I don't know if that's a lack of creativity on uh, any of these writers part or this is just such a realistic scenario on the basketball court that it's just a part of you can't you can't do anything without it well, well like you know coming from a new york sports background think about like carmelo yeah carmelo was always like he was villainized by so many people even though his like you know he was an unbelievable talent yeah. but he was criticized because didn't play defense always won iso ball you know didn't move the ball around the ball always stopped with him like so it's just as far as i think a sports fan like sports fans going to the movies it's something they relate to because it's something they see you know on a you know constant basis throughout all of sports yeah but um you know you especially with basketball you can relate to it because you see it so much with a lot of star players let's talk about birdie tupac's yeah. character and shep's um relationship as yeah. brothers so basically from the beginning of it shep basically loses his mind when his good friend go, who goes by the name nutso yep falls to his death <laughs> um off the top of a building well like and kind of what it is um because like i did rewatch it to like make sure i didn't miss like little things yeah like he he was betting him like about like touching up higher on the backboard, whatever they were doing. Yeah. You know, he throws money down. So I guess he kind of, that's the reason he felt the guilt because that scene in the movie, although it makes like such a big, it's such a big moment for Shep and Shep's character throughout. It's really kind of like just a very random scene. <laughs> like that, like, it, like it, if you took that out, you could make anything else happen as to why like Shep is like, holding all this anger and like resentment, you know, yeah. in his life now, you know, it could have been, he just didn't make it. And, you know, that's why he's so resentful. Right. But instead it's this whole other thing. So that happens. You find out later, like when you find out that Birdie, who's Tupac's character and Shep are brothers, um, you find out when he goes to visit, when Shep goes to visit his mom's grave for her birthday, that's why he's back in town. Yeah. You know, he went to go visit her. So they clearly had a, you know, stuff going on when they were growing up. Tupac talks about the relationship with, uh, with their mom, like how she was always expecting Shep to come back and like become such a star and be such a big, you know, like come back for them and basically save their family. Yeah. And Tupac goes the other way and kind of creates his own life by selling drugs and, yeah. you know, doing what he has to do to, to provide for himself you know, and, and his family, that's kind of their, yeah. And that's kind of their backstory. Well, his own, like he even says it at one point, like later on, like, 
you know, just because you share the same blood, you're not family. Doesn't mean you're fit. Doesn't make you family. Yeah. Um, and when he goes into that whole thing, it's, it kind of just shows it's like he just kind of put his family stuff behind him and started moving on to another thing. When he rekindles with Shep, he kind of sees him. He's like, oh, like we could be partners, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, that's not how it's really going to turn out. I feel like mental health is such a more prominent discussion in 2020 that it would have been yeah, much easier for Shep. It, it would have been much easier for Shep to um, seek out, like, a therapist and not have it be, like, a sign of weakness because he really needs, mm. like, some professional help. He needs counseling. Yeah. He needs counseling, like, you know? He, he clear, yeah, he, he never processed um, his friend's death and possibly his mother's death, whatever else is going on with him, and the fact that he never made it to the levels that he and so many other people thought he would make it to. So, yeah, it, would, it definitely would have helped for him to talk to someone. Big time. So Big if you're time. out there and you're watching this and you're going through similar stuff, don't feel, don't be afraid to reach out to someone. Reach out to somebody because um, that's important. Because you see, it's it's something he struggles with, and honestly, I don't actually ever feel like it's something that he figures out. Even at the end when he comes to play in the tournament, like I still, there still seems like a lot of stuff he kind of needs to talk through. Yeah. Well, the the other one of the other like scenes or scenes that happen throughout is when he's just playing ball, like and he's playing invisible. But he's going through all the motions without a ball, talking smack and everything, um, just at night, just in the park. Yeah. You know, he, he's just out there by himself. Nobody else is around. Just out there. And that's, I think that was kind of his, his outlet for everything that was going on, was just to get out there kind of, not even though he's not actually playing ball, he's getting out there and doing it just to kind of, you know, to kind of cope with the pain and stuff and everything yeah. that he's gone through. Yeah. Spoiler yeah, alert. Ridiculous as it looks. Spoiler <laughs> alert. It's not working. <laughs> it's not no. working. <laughs> so like we mentioned a couple of times, movie came out in 94. There are a lot of 90s things going on in this movie. It is, oh, yeah. it is super, super 90s. Do you have a a particular thing that stuck out the most as like your most nineties thing about the film. All right. Uh, well, th there's a lot because the fits throughout are the fashion are, is, is, are yeah, straight, straight up nineties. Um, and know, Tupac is a star in, in all of the fashion uh, choices. He's well, made as well. you know, Tupac with his bandana game was, that was Killing. next level. Like I remember, I remember being a kid and I like, tie the bandana around back like with the with the knot in the front yeah. being, thinking I, I was badass it's like no <laughs> no it's not working for you Tupac's <laughs> a badass <laughs> yeah like maybe if I had that you know the Detroit uh Red Wings jersey with the red head uh the red bandana and stuff you know that's an that's epic um but one of one of my favorite things is the fitteds um backwards with the curved brim mm. that that was very 90s um, the, so, some of Tupac's just outfits throughout, he's wearing like this, like he's, he has this like orange leather jacket that he's wearing in one of the first scene is I think yep. the first scene he comes into the gym. Um, he's, he's got this just big camo, like jumpsuit on at one point. Like there's a lot of, lot of real nineties outfits and stuff throughout. 
here's a list of some of the other 90s things. There's a uh, British Knights banner. Oh, yeah. Well, and there's a lot of British Knights throughout. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the soundtrack, obviously, it's just like straight up mid-90s West Coast, like superstars. Well, th- that was one of the other things I wanted to hit on. Like the soundtrack, it's, it's a basketball movie based in New York. And yeah. <laughs> it's so much West Coast hip hop. It's so and, West Coast. Like, you know, you get, like Regulate was, you know, was the, like, I guess the big song from this at the end, yeah. you know, which obviously is one of the best of all time. Um, you know, you have you, know, you had a lot of Tupac on the soundtrack. You had Snoop on the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. You know, so right. you, have, you have a lot of West Coast throughout the soundtrack for a movie that takes place in New York. Yeah. Um, so here's some other '90s things: outdoor streetball tournaments in general, mm-hmm. uh, because streetball nowadays, like, you know, unless you're playing at Venice Beach, it's there's there's not like or Rucker Park. Um, yeah. But, but even then, it's not like streetball you're not, you're, you're not seeing it like you yeah like you did in the 90s um there's a way of life yeah uh marlon wayans he's very 90s tupac's got a zach morris phone in the uh oh. at the tournament oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and i think that's the winner as far as what's yeah, the that might, 90s one of the other the the, the white dude on this on the uh shootout team yeah. Uh, during the the tournament at the end, just his blonde Zach Morris like bowl cut. Yep. Um, and the the shorts he's wearing, where they're like almost khaki in the front, <laughs> and then like they're like red and blue on the back, like the and just looking through the crowd at during the tour the streetball tournament at the end is uh, it's unbelievable as far as see, seeing some of the outfits and stuff that everyone's wearing. Yeah. But, 90s through and through. Um, Some of that needs to make a comeback. Oh, for sure. Not I, all of it. Ni- I, mo- most of the 90s fashion needs to make a comeback. And it kind of is. It kind of is. But I, we need to up, take it to 11. We need uh, to take yeah. it to 11. Speaking, the, last, the last thing I want to say. Speaking of 90s fashion, though. There it is. I do have to bring out my Machiavelli branded. <laughs> I don't even know what, what this model was called, but. I mean, I bought, I bought these at a Burlington coat factory in Philly. <laughs> um, this has to be like 15 years ago. Yeah, I think I've only actually worn them one time for one of the shows my band played. And that was, the, I think, the only time I actually worn them. Other than that, I just keep them around for, uh, for the points. Yeah, I, I mean, th- <laughs> that's major cred. I feel yeah. like that's like you have some, you know, all the art in your office. Um, I feel like that, that, I, I was thinking about putting a shelf up them. just to put them on yeah. right behind my head here. <laughs> I, I kind of think you need to. Um, the one last thing I will say about the nineties and it's something that kind of makes me sad. You know, Kyle's whole goal is to get to Georgetown in this mm-hmm. and like a star player wanting to go to big East schools. Yeah, well, the other thing is he's wearing Georgetown gear the entire film. He hasn't signed anything. No. Like, why are you going to limit yourself like that? Right. I get it. That time, you know, Georgetown was one of these schools. Yeah. Um, you know, especially for New York basketball, like Patrick Ewing and stuff, um, you know, AI, you know, those guys going to Georgetown. But um, it's just, you know, he's wearing Georgetown gear throughout the whole film. Like, kind, of, like, kind, of, kind of offended a New York kid isn't dead set on going to like St. John's. 
Yeah, I was going to say, where's the St. John's love? You, you know, <laughs> where, you don't want to go to Queens? Like, come on. Like, St. John's still mattered at that point. I mean, you're coming... 100%. You're two years removed from Malik Seeley. Um, yeah. You know, Felipe Lopez. Uh, I mean, St. John's mattered in the 90s. Uh, yeah, 100%. So... Yeah, and, I, I like, that was part of it where I was thinking, you know... Uh, like if we go, we'll get into the recasting and stuff. But I was like, you know, now would probably like, even though it's New York, it'd, it'd probably be Kentucky. Would yeah, be, that would be the school. It like, would, you yeah, know, instead of John Kentucky. Thompson, it's John Calipari. Yeah. Or like, you can keep the Georgetown thing just to so Ewing gets gets a <laughs> gets a spot in the film. But you know, most likely it's going to be like Kentucky or Duke, Duke or one of those other schools. Yeah. I want to go back to to Tupac. Yeah. Because, like you mentioned it earlier, he becomes the coach during the uh, the tournament. <laughs> and uh, I think Tupac might be on the list of, of great basketball movie coaches as well now. He's not necessarily drawing up plays. but He's not the X's and O's guy. But the strategy of just beat the shit out of him. It works. It, it takes him to the, to the finals. <laughs> yeah. I mean. And, and not, not, you know, obviously not to spoil it, I've. Hope you've had enough time to see this movie if you haven't already, but takes them right up to the end of the game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in those finals, with some of the most vicious fouls you'll ever see. Just absolutely, just, like all just time straight up John, just elbows, <laughs> like straight up, yeah, straight up John Jones elbows to the face, you know, to like the Ron, Ron Artest to to James Harden's head, like type stuff. I mean, Tupac is just like the ultimate villain just biting a cigar the whole time just you know just he's, I just, mean, he's just so charismatic oh he's, he's great so, he's so charismatic um and even when his brother who you know we talked about how they, they kind of have a weird relationship but even when his brother comes to the court to kind of save the game when they don't have enough players to play during the shootout tournament he's still like hey go fuck him up and and i love that, that was actually one of the other 90s things i needed to touch on the fact that Shep comes to the game and is just dropping dropping shots over everyone while wearing corduroys. <laughs> <laughs> He's wearing like corduroys and like like a thermal like Henley uh, long sleeve and yeah. just throws the jersey over it and is just lighting them up. And just by the way, the, the whole basketball scene before that, I don't I think maybe I saw one jump shot. Everything else was a dunk. Everything. And <laughs> that's what it was it's like it's not even nine foot rims, it's like eight and a half foot rims. And we're everyone's we're, dunking. And we're getting like real uh end one in this tournament on these tournament scenes where like the basketball and the high school games were like very tame. Um a little bit of over dribbling one like and one yeah. stuff, but once we get to this to the shootout, it is just straight up like uh turning oh, yeah. up to eleven <laughs> scenes are becoming outrageous. But <laughs> Even still, it, they still flow. Like you could tell that it's not oh, like, yeah. like the guys doing it can do it. So it doesn't look crazy. They're just it's all stuff that you wouldn't do in a game. And it's clear that the the rims aren't regulation because everyone and their mothers is throwing down dunks on this. Everybody. Um, I feel like I could have dunked on that. <laughs> I just want to like one more Tupac thing. I can't talk about Tupac enough when uh. when he speaks to Kyle because. Kyle was on Tupac's team. Birdie gives Kyle like what he ta- meets him at the club. He gives him some money. He gives him gear. Gives him some girls, right? So he knows. Also, it, he's already it, playing. It, it, 
Yeah, it shows how the, how the game really runs. Like you have that the mafia dude that pops up, and yep. he, he like knows everything about Kyle already. And yep. asks him like, "What is like? What are you an 11? He's like eleven and a half. Like <laughs> then he shows up like he's got shoes for him. He's got everything for him. Yeah, and it's like this is this is how people recruit kids. You know, hundred percent. Yeah, this is what it's like. Um which is part of the reason that the NCAA is so outrageous in every decision they make, but that also could be another podcast. But yeah, but yeah two podcasts. He's uh, playing chess. Oh, yeah. He, he's he playing chess. It. Because when Kyle kind of has, like, this epiphany that he doesn't want to play um, for Birdie's team anymore, Birdie tells him, like, um, you might be playing for another team, but you're still playing for me. Because if yeah. you think you're going to Georgetown after he gets the acceptance letter... He's like, you ain't going to Georgetown. What do you think they're going to say when they find out about all the gifts you've received? Like, just yeah. straight up, like, blackmail, classic villain, just an all-timer. But he, at one point, you know, he has the epiphany that, like, hey, I'm not going to throw this game anymore, right? Like, he has to come in. He can't pretend that his ankle's hurt anymore because guys are dropping like flies from all the everyone's bows. Everyone's getting hurt. Because <laughs> everyone's just getting mauled by... uh by Mo, was that was that his name, right? Yeah. By Mo, Tupac's kind of like enforcer, um, who at one point Marlon Wayans, Marlon Wayans at one point like after Mo beats up the two dudes when he's like pull over, and Kyle and Marlon Wayans are like why? He he beats him up, puts the gun in his mouth, um, pistol whips the dude, yep. yeah, and like and Marlon Wayans is like, you need a role model. <laughs> That or a hug. Like, just lightning, <laughs> completely lightening the mood. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like a, uh, it's just a fantastic little, like, you think this, it's getting so serious and scary, and Marlon Wayans just does his Marlon, the Marlon's <laughs> yeah. Wayans thing, and just makes you crack up. Yeah. Which is one of the beauties of this movie, that as dark and serious as it is, there's a lot of very lighthearted uh, parts that are, that yeah. just have you, ball, like, balling. Which um, I feel like a lot of the movies in the... That's one of the things about, from a lot of movies in the 90s. Like, it didn't get... Like, it didn't get dark and stay dark the whole time. Like, mm-hmm. it... Like, there was always that, like, lighthearted to appeal to a bigger audience. Uh, so, at the end of the tournament, after they win, Tupac yeah, is like... Shep comes in and just drains, like, you know, 45 points in the, in the second half of the game. In corduroys. Just, yeah, in corduroys. Just drop. And de- well, dealing with the elbows, gets bloodied up. And one, his, one of his fouls is the best. Like, the way the, the – like, because at one point, you know, Moe's fouling people left and right. And the coach, you know, the high school coach that's also coaching uh, Kyle yeah. in this tournament, he goes, he's like, he's like, you know, where's the call? Where's the call? And, you know, Tupac goes, it's a man's game. He's like, good, no call. <laughs> then Shep goes up after he gets fouled a few times and just guy like uh, just unloads the ball and he just delivers a knee straight to the groin, <laughs> his knee right to the nuts. And, and, and Tupac's like, where's the call? <laughs> and even and, the, and even and, the ref and is, the like, coach is like, good, no call ref. Good, no call. It's a man's game. <laughs> so good. Really, really great scene. Um, so after Tommy, does his best uh, Michael Jordan impression by in corduroys. He uh, a little bit Bill Murray-ish in uh, in Space Jam coming yep. to save the day at the end. He he gives himself up because Tupac, as a very sore loser in this scenario, tells his his enforcer Mo 
to go take care of this and hands him a duffel bag with with a gun in it <laughs> in broad daylight at the tournament everybody the middle, watching it fans everybody there doesn't matter it doesn't matter who sees it doesn't matter who who's going to get hit going to you know um get Kyle he's going to hit Kyle for for not falling in line and uh Shep kind of has his like redeeming moment I guess where he he takes the bullet for him jumps in front of it saves him and then there's just an undercover cop who guns him down yeah instead of using any other kind of strategy to to get this situation taken care of he just shoots him <laughs> the the dude did have a gun and just fired and <laughs> shot somebody so true I, what what I was kind of surprised about was that Mo only unloaded one round yeah. He just shot one round, shot Shep, because Shep mm-hmm. jumped in front of Kyle. Yeah. And did, like, well, it's, this is Russian roulette. It's not like you're packing one one bullet in there. You could have emptied the clip. Like, you could empty the clip and t- taking him out, taking the whole team out if you really wanted to. You're yeah. going to jail anyway. Right. You just did this broad, daylight in the witnesses. middle of a park in front, yeah, in front of so, so many people. This is not going <laughs> to end well for you. Um, but it takes the one shot. Shep jumps in front of it, takes the shot, and then the, the cop comes out. Just and pulls his gun out and shoots and kills Mo. I guess. Like, yeah. I guess they don't say if he actually dies, but didn't look um, good. It didn't look good. He got hit a couple of times. Yeah. I I just I'm not the one thing I'm not satisfied with Shep's like redemption, like and just coming to terms with everything. And granted, you know, it's a it's a '90s early '90s basketball film. We're not nearly as involved, I think, in in screenwriting at that time when it comes to a movie like this. It just I I let I felt unsatisfied like oh how does this I mean it was a great move very heroic um and he he you know he kind of maybe is like saving Kyle in the way that maybe he can't save his own brother um the way he couldn't save Nutso I feel like it's kind of him doing for Kyle because part of it which we didn't even get into was Shep started like seeing Kyle's mom yeah and like date and dating Kyle's mom um throughout this so but he like kind of sacrifices himself to save his future because he feels he can do it yeah where you know Shep wasn't able to overcome whatever circumstances yeah to get to where he needed to be yeah um Kyle's mother very very smart deep woman who had dropped a lot of knowledge um and really moms do yeah that's she, what moms do. I, I mean, she just she seemed like she was like the one to Shep when they were getting in that relationship. Who was kind of like, dude, like you're messed up and you got to figure this shit out. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, and you know, I guess he did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then at the end, because uh, it feels like you know we never got past Tupac threatening to ruin. Um, Kyle's college scholarship by, you know, ratting him out for the gifts he received. So I guess mm-hmm. Marlon Wayans as his boy and somebody who doesn't really like Birdie after Birdie dissed him so hard and did, yeah, you know, kicked him off the team, the team. You get this this character who is like the comic relief who just all of a sudden shows up and again in broad daylight. I mean, what, no, well, this was in the club. It's in the club, but there's people. But yeah, everywhere. there's people everywhere. And there's also. Witnesses. Lo- let's be honest with this whole thing you pull you're in a club you pull out a gun shoot this dude who's like 
basically the king of everything there. Yeah. None of the other the dudes around him have a gun and are going to take you out at the same time. Yeah. That it's... may have happened after. Yeah. May have been a cut scene. <laughs> they didn't get to it. They wanted to leave it on a happy note, not where everyone was dead. Right. But, <laughs> but yeah, fires, shoot, shoots Birdie in the chest, takes now, him out to save his boy's uh, collegiate look, scholarship, I guess. Look, he did. he was just released from prison at the beginning of the film. Yeah. But I never got the impression that it was, like, some incredibly violent crime that he was no. in for. Because, like, the thing is, he's basically, he's, like, Kyle's age. So he's, like, high school. So he has to be, like, 17, 18 years old. Yeah. Like, he has to be around there. Like, couldn't have been anything too bad. And he's already out. So it's he not like been he... out that quick. <laughs> right. So for Probably him to... drug charge. For him to do that, and uh, you see how much people are... For, you know, Shep as, like, his new, like, older brother-slash-father figure mentor sacrifices his literal life by taking a bullet. I mean, he, he survives, spoiler, but, you know, could have died. He got shot. Yeah. And then his boy, Bug, murders the the drug kingpin for him. So Kyle is very fortunate uh, yeah. in this He's movie. also definitely got people coming after him after this whole thing. <laughs> this, <it's... laughs> He's one of the linchpins why everything went to you know, ended the way that it did for, uh, for Birdie there. Yeah. So, so I feel like some of Birdie's boys are still going to be coming after him, even though he's, uh, you know, and, he's, uh, hitting, hitting the game winning shot against Seton Hall, which by the way, great set, the conference John, championship, great set by John Thompson. Yeah. Gets well, him going off movement, passes away, um, runs off the, the little floppy action. Great set. I was trying to, Kudos. I'd, I'd, li- I'd like a replay though. Cause I think his foot might've been on the line. Yeah, there's uh, and on the, on all the replays that they show, his foot's cut off or it's obstructed by somebody else. I think his foot might have been on the line. <laughs> that's a uh, <laughs> might only be might be a tie game. Might be going OT. That's a uh, controversial take. <laughs> <laughs> of all the takes in this movie, that's the one takes. that's going to be a little. The, little the, <laughs> Kyle's two point shot, and not three point shot, at the end of the uh, the film to make the NCAA tournament. I do like that they didn't just straight up give him. The national championship. Yeah. It's just the conference just championship. Still have to compete ACC, you know, come on. Yeah, there's, there's, the road doesn't end here. Yeah, it's, it's not a cakewalk, you know, to that national championship. Nothing, nothing in life is given. You got to earn it. I, yeah. I do like that. Do we think that Kyle uh, made it to the NBA? The, the way it all seemed, I believe so. It seems like, he yeah, I, I think, have... I think it was trending in that direction. Yeah. Kind of Kemba Walker type vibes. Yeah. A little bit, you know, hitting yeah. big, big shots, you know, in college and got the, the shifty handle. Yeah. Like that, that's kind of where. Not going to be the best player in the league. No. But because but, you know. he wouldn't have been going to Georgetown then. No. <laughs> no. Maybe if he wasn't the top recruit. No. Maybe a few all star games, I guess. Yeah. I, from what, like, from what, what I was looking up on this, like, some, some people were saying that it was loosely based on Stefan Marbury. Like the the Kyle character, because mm-hmm. like it was like like same time period around there. Um, Steph was drafted haircut. in ninety six. Yeah, I get. I get. Well, oh, was he? Was it ninety six? I'm drafted? pretty sure Steph was drafted in ninety six. But all right, so then yeah, um, that, that would check out then, because that was that means that they were scouting Steph in middle school. <laughs> yeah, or high. Well, no, he could have been a high school player because you figure he plays one year. So in the ninety five season, um, he's in college at Georgia Tech. So he's in high school, 90... Oh, oh and that, that's, a, that's another plot flaw there. 
Kyle's not the the starting point guard at Georgetown. Iverson's the starting point guard. Maybe they just put them together and make a really dynamic backcourt. Maybe they go small ball. There we go. Maybe that's what it is. Um, all right. John Thompson, you know, he's, he was ahead of the game. He was scouting all this out. He was, he, was, he was looking for that national championship. Notorious big man. Uh, Love small ball. <laughs> Love small ball. <laughs> um, let's, uh, let's do a 2020 remake of the film before we head okay. out of here. This one, this was another tough one um, because it's hard to do the ages of like some high school kids. So you kind of got to yeah. stretch it a little bit. Oh, a hundred percent. Cause like even some of the, these guys, like, um, like Dwayne Martin who played Kyle. Um, I think when I, I looked it up, he was around like 30 yeah. when the film was made, you know, which that's generally how it goes. Like also, high school, you're, you have to be 30 to play a high school kid. So I'm, I'm primed to play a high school kid right now. Well, you you know that you've, with the baby face, you've been able to play a high school kid basically since 2000. Yeah. Since I was, well, no, 2000, I, I was just going into high school. And <laughs> I was, I didn't, I couldn't probably pass for a high school kid <laughs> until at least like 2008, 2009, <laughs> when I was like four or five years out of high school. So... The good. That's a good point. Once you <laughs> once you did the once you got the facial hair going. Yeah, a little had to had to had to spruce it up a little bit. You got rid of the uh, the Seth Cohen um, afro like situation <laughs> and, and did the facial hair. That's when you were able to get out of the high school phase. Yeah. Shep played in 1979, and yes, yeah. this movie is takes place in we're assuming like 94. 94. So, so he's like 15 years out. Yeah. So and that's what I was thinking about this whole thing. I was like. He's basically our age going back and like, you know, being a security guard, coaching this kid up, dating his mom. Yeah. <laughs> he's a, I, I, I know some long journey. That. He's had a long journey. Also the, the other thing we didn't speak about with this whole thing, because Shep was played by Leon Robinson, who's, or he was just billed as like Leon. Yeah. I believe he was just coming off of doing cool runnings. Hmm. So this guy, like, classic. This guy's got range. Jamaican bobsled team. <laughs> Jamaican bobsled team to torture John Candy. Yeah, man. Rest in peace. Yeah, legend. But yeah, so this guy already tasted, you know, a little bit of the, of the good life, you know, in that Olympic run with the Jamaican bobsled team. Another so, sport movie all star. Yeah, man. Had a good run. He's doing it. All right, so, I mean, it's so hard. How, so where do you want to let's, start? You, let's get you it start, out of the way. Start with Shep? No, let, let's get it out of the way for Tupac's character because. Okay. This. Who who'd you go with for this? I, I was trying to stick to kind of the um, to the rapper scene, you know. Yep. And I was looking at like kind of rappers who are relevant now, who are kind of trying to cross over, but I didn't want to go too big. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not getting Jay-Z on this project who also is probably too old for the character, Way too uh, old. but I, I went with, uh, ASAP Rocky. Okay. He's acted before he was in dope. Um, he model, you know, he's, he's kind of got crossover appeal all over. He's got like a very good look, you know, he's very good look for, for a film like this. Um, very charismatic, handsome dude. It's just, it's Tupac. Yeah. It's hard. This was the hardest one for me 
um, because he's just, you know, it's Tupac. So it's, it's so hard to com- compare anyone to him. Um, I went with Donald Glover mm. just to, for the same type of thing. Mm. I need someone who like, not like I didn't need someone who came from a music background, but I kind of, like, yeah. not that he does cause he does everything, but I wanted someone that could do both. And Donald Glover is also just an unbelievable actor. Yeah. So I went Donald Glover. I also had uh, Demetrius Ship Jr. who played Tupac in uh, All Eyes on Me. But uh, that <laughs> was just on the nose. I, could, I, I just could, I just couldn't get it out of uh, couldn't get it out of my mind that it's like no, this is a role for Pac. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I actually like Donald Glover uh, Donald Glover in this role a lot because I do think he has the depth um, to put a different spin on it. Yeah. You know, that it doesn't seem like you're just trying to be Tupac, mm-hmm. um, but you can also act the shit out of the part. Yeah. Which is important. So I, that's that's a good one. For Kyle, I'm going to – I actually didn't cast anybody because I want somebody who's never been in anything before. I want it to be like okay. a young, scrappy, like – I went the complete opposite. Okay. Realm on what this. you got? I, well, I went Michael B. Jordan. Okay. Because um, obviously he's just a phenomenal actor. He's in great shape. Could really pass for – you know, a point guard. Yeah. But other person I, I put for this, you know, just, you know, basketball, you know, in his blood, but at the same time, he's the actor as well, Drake. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> it really went the opposite way. Yeah, way, complete opposite. <laughs> I like but, I like Michael B. Jordan in that role. But Michael B. Jordan was the better. one I was going with. Drake was just kind of more of a secondary sure option there sure but you got the you, another actor slash uh slash rapper yeah also i think i don't Common know what theme. i don't know what age drake played uh his character in degrassi like i don't know what age range they were was that a high school it's a high school show right yeah that was long Drake, drake's around our age so i feel like it could fit and michael b jordan's like a couple years younger he's around like 30 i feel so. like drake's drake's got to slim out he's getting a little too brolic for me yeah he's He's also, now. also, you need somebody who could handle the basketball scenes, and uh, there was just a clip of Drake hitting the the game winner in a pickup game, and his dribbling literally looked like a five year old at a summer camp. Mo- Mo- let's be let's be real, Hollywood Magic. They're going to cut shots. <laughs> somebody else, you know, yeah. crossing over. Maybe Faces just, cut out there. Maybe just CGIing it in- entirely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so, who'd you have for Shep? For Shep, I was thinking. Uh, John Boyega from from Star Wars. Yep. yep. I had uh, Mahershala Ali. Yep. Because he like like similar type feel to the guy as well. Yeah. Brooding. Another guy. Another guy I went to because I was trying for some of these, trying to get the um, like the music crossover. I went Common. Because mm. I think I think Common could re- really play that role well. Yeah. I don't know. If he's, I don't. I don't know if he's got the basketball skills. Well, but, Common was a ball boy for the Chicago Bulls during the Jordan era. Was he really? Yeah, from Chicago. I'm, I yeah. think he could ball. I think Common Common could actually hoop. I like. I just feel like as far as that, like older, like you know, father figure type, but like kind of soft spoken. Like, yeah. I just think Common could really would really do well there. And also, he's a very good actor. Yes, and a lot of experience. Been acting for a, a real long time. Common's another good one. Your yeah. your cast. Is, uh, it's going to be expensive. Well, it's going to be expensive, but it's, so far it's just it's a great cast. 
just uh, I'm a little uh, little iffy on on Drake at this point. Um, <laughs> like I said, you, if Michael B. Jordan turns down the role, and we ju- we just need some, <laughs> we just need to bring that money into the box office. Gotcha. Just think, just think about it. If you do above the rim being remade with Drake, yeah, dude, that's the number one movie at the box office. It probably is. It probably is. Come on, and, Hollywood, uh, pay me. All right, who who'd you go for? Uh, for Boogaloo, Marlon Wayne's character. For Bugs. Uh, I went with uh, Jared Carmichael. He was in Neighbors. Um, yep, yep. Comedian. Very kind of... I, I feel like he's got that same kind of like awkward, kooky humor to him. That mm-hmm. could kind of... It, it's He's not as overpowering as, as Marlon uh, Wayans is in yep. that way. It's a little bit more subtle, but it's very like kind of dry and... Um, I don't know. I, I I I thought his performance in Neighbors was uh was pretty solid. Yeah, it was pretty solid. Un- underrated Neighbors, by the way. Yeah, I, I li- like that film. Um, I went with Chris Red. You know, okay. he's in, on Saturday Night Live. He's been in um, been in a bunch of stuff. I think that that show what was it called Disjointed. Like, because I I kind of tried to go multiple people for a bunch of these roles. Yeah. So my second guy, and it was just because I wanted to get him in for New York. Jesus, Jesus, nice. Um, I feel like you know that that dude's got to be in a movie one of these days. He may have already been, and I just missed it. But yeah, he. Uh, I I love Jesus and Mero, So Jesus and Mero is unbelievable, and Jesus yes. is Jesus is a pretty pretty incredible. Oh, he, he, he's hilarious. You know, I I and like I'm looking for guys that like you know when they dunk like Marlon Wayans did, you'd be like. I don't know about that. Jesus, Chris Red's like five foot five, and Jesus is tough because you'd have to really age him down. But yeah. but uh, maybe you just flip the script a little bit, and he's already in college and he's trying to get to the NBA. Like maybe you yeah, do or, something, or like he's a guy that like grew up a few years older. Yeah, he's than like, Kyle and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, but but he knew him from like playing ball like years ago. Yeah, there's ways I mean, to work it. Yeah, you, you don't you, you don't want to do the same exact script. If, yeah. In the 2020 remake, I, I just like to have options, you know, in case the in case the top choice prices us out for making this movie, you know, got to stick to the budget. All right, we did it. If, if you guys haven't seen this movie before or haven't seen it in a while, go back and rewatch it because it's definitely worth a revisit and bump that soundtrack. Yeah, I mean, again, just straight up awesome mid 90s West Coast bangers on the yeah. soundtrack. Movie holds up. Tupac just charismatic, steals the show. Um, just miss his talents so much. Um, but again, Kenny, thank you for hopping on. Uh, nothing but another episode, nothing but Netflix down. And uh, if you guys are watching this on YouTube, make sure you like, subscribe, comment. And if you guys are listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, make sure you rate it and um and you subscribe and give us a uh, a review until next time peace guys